Hey, everybody, this is John with Catholic for Rednecks. Thank you for dropping by the podcast. And after the show, I'd appreciate it if you'd hang around for another minute or so and listen to the trailer. I'm going to start adding a trailer to the end of the episode to update you with some news or something interesting or maybe some music or a preview of something. That way you can just listen to the podcast and if you're not interested, all the announcements will be at the end. So, I just got through doing a YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Catholic for Rednecks. Also, a Instagram page. And I did a video on something that came up in my mind last night. Now, last night, I was invited by my youngest son, Brian... He has an Instagram page, Catholicism, and he's Catholic like me. We became Catholic together. We went through RCIA and were confirmed together. As a matter of fact, he is confirmed right before I was. So he's been Catholic about a minute longer than me. Excuse me, I had to get a sip of coffee. It's an appetite suppressant. I've lost about 55 pounds and I do everything I can to keep from eating. <laughs> so, well, anyhow, I go to the Roman Catholic Church, and he goes mostly to the Greek Catholic Church. And those are not two separate churches. They just have different ways of um, celebrating the Mass, different customs, but they believe alike. The Catholic Church Everybody thinks it's just Roman Catholic because the Pope and the headquarters is the Vatican in Rome, but actually the Catholic Church has numerous other rites. Now, I'm not saying they have denominations. In Protestant churches, you have denominations because they believe differently from each other. They share some beliefs, they argue about others, but in the Catholic Church, they're not denominations they're called rites. I guess rites is a word like ritual. So it's the way you do things. So I went to the Greek Orthodox Church, which is completely separate. And uh, they have a food festival every year that attracts thousands of people down there to downtown Birmingham. I have never been. And my son invited me to go there with him and his pals. So... We went in there, and I'm just walking around that Greek Orthodox church, and let me tell you something, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful, huge, gigantic murals, iconic murals of Jesus and and different scenes from the gospel and all. Some people complain about things like that. Why do you have statues and murals and stained glass and images and crucifixes? Well, it's real easy. Most people from the time of Christ all the way until about the 1970s, your average person walking and living and breathing on this earth could not read, okay? (laughs) They could not read. And a lot of them were about half deaf by the time they were grown up or half blind (laughs) sometimes. That's why they used bells and things to let people know that The Mass was starting um, when the priest would bless the bread and wine to become the 
body of Christ, the blood of Christ, they ring bells to let people in the back and outside know that that had just occurred. But, um, you know, you could be a, a child or someone that could not read and walk into a Catholic church and see everything about the Bible and the gospel. I remember going into a Catholic church in Miami with my son, Brian, and we were not Catholic at the time. We were there because my wife, her company was based in Miami, and she took us with us to work one week. So we walked around town and saw a beautiful Catholic cathedral, and we walked inside of it, and it was just awesome. I mean, it just, you could feel something in the air. There was a vibe there. There was a holy feeling, a, a religious feeling. Uh, just did something to my heart, and, you know, I was not Catholic. As a matter of fact, I was very much opposed to most Catholic things because I just didn't understand why they believed such things or did such things. So it was so beautiful. We just uh, sat down there on a pew in the very back, and we were both just paralyzed, for lack of a better word. We were transfixed with the beauty and all the stuff to look at. Even the ceiling had seen from the Bible beautifully painted everywhere. You could just lean your head back and see Moses parting, you know, the Red Sea. You could see Jesus rise, walking out of a tomb. You could see Jesus being crucified. You can see um, Jesus healing the lame. You could see Joseph and Mary on the camel or donkey or whatever going down the age. I mean, you could just see the whole Bible. David killing Goliath. Everything was there. And whether or not you were a genius or a child, a theologian, or just someone passing through that building to look at, the, it was just the, whole, the creation story, the baptism of Jesus, Everything is just right there. And you can actually come to know God and the plan of salvation just by looking. You know, they got pictures of people being baptized, and there's just so many things to look at that are talking to you. You know, the gospel is alive. It's talking to you. And the early church used icons, statues, and images uh, they have done excavations in the Holy Land and in Europe and found these ancient Christian catacombs and churches from way back when it first started, just covered with statues, imageries, prayers written to the saints, prayers written to Mary, um, even the the tombs, you know, the tombs where the apostles were laid to rest. The reason they are underneath Catholic churches is because right after they died, that's where the Christians met to pray. And they would write things on the tombs, prayers. So 
the Catholic idea of praying to the saints goes all the way back to the beginning. But this is what occurred to me last night as I was sitting. I went and sat in about the second row and just sat there on the pew, mesmerized by the beauty of that church. And I was thinking, it's interesting to me that the farther you go back, is that the right word, father, further? Let me say the deeper you go back into researching and investigating and studying Christianity, the farther you go back or the further you go back, the more Catholic it becomes. And you know, if you're a very smart person or logical person, or maybe you have some detective skills, you know, I used to be a police officer, and I was always trying to figure things out, crime scenes and evidence, um, you know, hearing the full story before arresting someone if I could, or, you know, building cases. And to me, it you know, Years ago, I went and bought a big old book. It was thick as a phone book, and the, it was about early church teachings. It was about, actually, it was, I think the name of it was 700 Quotations of Early Church Beliefs. And, you know, I was not Catholic at all, but the book had 700 topics. And you could read each topic, whether it was suffering or um, healing or the Trinity or baptism or eternal life or forgiveness, just all these topics. And you could go straight back and read what the earliest Christians taught and believed and uh, it wasn't even a Catholic book. It was not a Catholic book. I was not Catholic. But I sat there at my dining room table. Actually, take that back, I was in my office. I used to have a nice office. And um, I remember just looking up stuff from this book. I bought the book at a Protestant bookstore. I think it was called Family Bookstore in Trustwell, Alabama. That's where I bought the book there, and I didn't. I think the it was called Church History, is where the section was. I bought the book. I was not Catholic. The store wasn't Catholic. The book wasn't Catholic, but I bought the book on Church History because, you know, you hear stuff on TV and radio. You know, I'd been a Baptist all my life, and also Pentecostal, and I had also had a lot of Presbyterian in me, you know, what they call Reformed theology, Calvinism, you know, and all. So I just got curious, you know, all these churches are, you know, split up into these denominations and fussing and fighting and splitting, fussing and fighting and splitting over doctrines and beliefs, constantly who's right. So I just wondered, you know, wonder what, the first Christians had to say or knew what they believed, so I got this book and just sat there reading through it, and I literally went 
numb. N-U-M-B, numb. I got brain freeze, and I got a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, and I had some confusion rise up, and just, you know, my mind was just messed up there because every single thing that I was reading, I knew to be Catholic. Even Catholic terminology that these early church fathers used in their writings, words like Eucharist, words like Mass, words like Bishop, they were all there. It was plain as day to me. It was so plain that I shut the book closed and wouldn't look at it no more because it confused me. I was thinking, why is my church nothing like this church? I really couldn't understand it. I was like, were all these people wrong? Surely they were wrong because my church was nothing like that church. We didn't do the same things those churches did. We didn't believe and preach and practice the same things those early Christians did. No, we sure didn't. We were so far away from them that it was like a completely different religion, and it really bothered me. So that was in, I think, 2007. Maybe it was in 2008. And I actually did a YouTube about it way back then. I don't think it was called YouTube. I think it was Vimo or something. But I was really confused. And it's funny because God used that experience not to just become Catholic right then, but it actually led me out, helped greatly to lead me out from the denomination that I was in at that time. It led me away because I could clearly see that the early church people, the preachers, the bishops, the fathers, the doctors of the church, I could clearly see that they absolutely disagreed with the teachings I was teaching and hearing. It was no, there was no doubt about it, that the church I was in when I bought that book looked, sounded nothing like that early church. And I know a lot of people say, well, that's not the Catholic church of today. Well, I beg to differ. I strongly differ. Because all of the teachings that I can find in the Catholic Church right now are in those early church writings. And it's very, very confusing if you're not willing to maybe admit that you might be wrong about some things. Because I was wrong. I once taught a class at a church about why Catholicism was wrong, why it was an error. In that class, I remember I studied for it for several days. I took some notes, 
And I got up there on a podium and I taught that class. And the sad thing about it, I took all my information from the internet. And later on, when I was researching Catholic beliefs from the catechism and from what the Catholic Church actually said, I felt like a fool because I had misrepresented what Catholics believed. But I just say all that to say this. The farther and deeper you research Christianity, just Christianity, the farther you get to the beginning, the closer you get to the beginning, it is crystal clear that that early church was Catholic. And you can go to any cathedral in antiquity. You can go to Rome. You can go to Greece. You can go to the British Isles. You can go to the Middle East. You can go anywhere in this world and visit or tour any ancient Christian church, and it will be Catholic. And that's even in England. All those ancient Anglican churches and cathedrals in England that are Anglican, they were originally Catholic. Every one of them. I went to one in England. I checked this out. I went to a church. It was a ruin of a church in England, and it had a historical marker in front. And it said 600 A.D. Think about that. I'm in England, right? And in 600 A.D., there were Christians worshiping in a church, and that church was of the Catholic faith. And that was hundreds of years before King Henry was ever born. And that was way before King Henry separated England from the Catholic Church and declared himself the head of not only the kingdom of England, but also the head of the church. And they confiscated all those Catholic buildings and monasteries, all those cathedrals. They took possession of them and called them Anglican churches, all of them stolen from the Catholic Church to this day. But you won't find any Presbyterian churches. You won't find any Assembly of God churches. You won't find any Southern Baptist churches. You won't find any Mormon churches. You won't find any church whatsoever in existence, in antiquity, or in ruins anywhere in this world. They do not exist. They simply do not exist because they are every one of those denominations. None of them existed for hundreds and hundreds of years. Think about that. 
I'm praying for you. May God bless you and keep you. And I'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is John. Thank you for listening to the episode. I'm going to start a second podcast after the first of the year. And on that podcast, I will be doing all my interviews, my call-ins. I would like to interview you. If you are a convert to the Catholic faith, I want to know all about it. If you're a cradle Catholic, born and raised Catholic, and you love the Catholic Church, I want to know why you stayed. And if you're a revert, someone that was Catholic, you left mama, but came home to mama, I want to know why you left, why you came home. And uh, if you have any suggestions for topics or anything I can do to make Catholic for Rednecks a better podcast, then please shoot me an email to Catholic for Rednecks podcast at gmail.com and I will eventually look at it. I am in real estate and I'm very, very busy in real estate. I'm also very involved with my family and I don't get a lot of chance to just check those emails, but I eventually will. And all the interviews that I did in the previous episodes, such as with Ellen and uh, Ellen Mitchell and people like that, the content was great, the guest was great, but there's so much garble, uh, so much crappy satellite interference that I archived them because I want to have them again on the newer podcast so they sound really good so they can share with their family and friends without being embarrassed about the crappy sound. So y'all pray my voice holds up because my first few episodes, man, I could barely talk, but I winged it. I winged it. So I appreciate you guys. And I want to say that I am praying for you every day. Please pray for me. Bye.